Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. There's a new uh, Pret a Manger uh, chain shop store opening on Dawson Street in Dublin. And I wonder how local businesses in the area feel. Do the likes of the, the large coffee chains, do they help or hinder the high streets? Daniel Lambert is from Bang Bang Cafe in Fibsborough in Dublin. He's on the line. Well, Daniel, what's your thoughts? Um, I would like you can identify one, and that's the newest place open. But I don't look these places; they, they don't bring anything uh, to a city. It just leads to the homogenisation of all cities, whether you're in London or Paris or Dublin. And um, you know they're owned by a much larger company called JAB Holdings, like a lot of these companies are. It's a German conglomerate, and uh, I really don't think they deliver anything. They push small businesses out. Um, and they consolidate wealth acquisition to a tiny amount of people. So I think they're really bad. And you see it when you walk through Dublin now or any other city. You know, you see these big international chains and they take over uh, streets and they lead to an impersonal environment with no staff wages and no sense of place. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the thing is, though, Daniel, we have a lot of big, large chains in in every area, whether it's from retail, clothing, supermarket, coffee. I mean, now, to be fair, a lot of them pay well above um, well above the, uh, the the national um, minimum wage, to be fair. And a lot of anyone I know that works in a lot of the big chains will talk about actually, you know, how good the terms and, and, and conditions are in some of the big, uh, the big chain stores. But is your concern that a lot of the streets, whether you're in Dublin or you're in Paris or wherever you are in Europe, they'll all just begin to look the same? Oh, they don't begin to. That's happened already. <laughs> you, drive, you drive into most Irish towns and cities and the first thing you'll see is a little... Um, you know, I think it's already happened. And but when you get to this level of a, you know, what are small? This is these are small units. Um, you know, there's internationally there's hundreds of them, and I've no doubt the first Starbucks was in Dublin about 15 years ago in DCU when I was a student there at the time. I don't know how many there are today, but they're everywhere. And they occupy small locations, and um, you know, in urban centres where there to me there should be independent places that, you know, I think they deliver a lot more. They have local suppliers. Uh, I don't really see how they can it can be seen as a positive to have, you know, large international chains. Like the key thing here is this is a wealth drain on any city or any town. A large amount of money will be spent in multiple outlets that will ultimately arrive in the pockets of people who don't live, uh, don't live locally, they don't live in Ireland, and who I, I'm sure have complicated tax arrangements, and that ensure that they pay a minimal amount of tax in the countries they operate in. Uh, Dermot is on the line as well, Daniel. You're you're in uh, uh, Dublin too, Dermot. H- have you mixed feelings about this? Yeah, I was um, I was talking past the other day, and, and I noticed on the one hand I was kind of surprised because I thought Pratt might have come here sooner. But um, you know, on the one hand, it is I've worked in I've worked in an office in London, and it's nice to have somewhere like Pratt that you can you can nip out, you can get something different. You know, they do do different sandwiches, different wraps, whatever, decent quality, consistent. You know what you're getting every time. You can nip in, nip out, and it uh, you know it, it does meet a need. The flip side of it is that, you know, what Dan is saying, it's it's just another it's another global brand and it's a bit it's a little bit depressing. Um now to have a few of them dotted around the city in Inchester City, that's grand. Question with, with Pred is, as they've done with London, is like are they gonna be on every street corner? You know, and that's when it starts to become kind of grim and a little bit dystopian at times, you know. Um but then the question the question I have really is well, you know, where are our Pretz? Where are our ideas? Where are our entrepreneurs to, to come along and to, to have these ideas and to push and to find backers to um to give them the chance, you know? That's um a lot of kids are going to university these days and
they want to they want to join a tech startup and they want to make an app or they want to become a social activist or whatever else there's not a lot of people that i can see anyway that are that are just having the, the kind of the, you know ideas for pubs and restaurants and cafes and bars and all the stuff that we still need you know so i i feel like there's a bit of pressure on us there okay. to um start going up with these ideas yeah is that a fair point daniel i agree with that point entirely i think look you've got dozens hundreds of independent cafes in dublin you know, we're in Fibsbury, there's seven independent cafes in Fibsbury. This idea that you somehow need to have multiple outlets to be a success, to me, doesn't make any sense. It's about constant growth, and constant growth doesn't work. It's impossibility anyway, and all you're leading to is a consolidation again of wealth. So for an entrepreneur to open, you know, me and my sister opened Bang Bang, we've got Two Boys Brew, we've got Noms, we've got multiple other places in Fibsbury. They're opened by people who have an idea and who don't see the need to open multiple outlets to become a success. You can have a successful business and have one business, and it can, it can deliver for the staff, for the local people in the area and for the owners. But the idea that you need to have a chain to be a success to me it doesn't make any sense. It actually leads to a less, um, you know, kind of prosperous society because you're going to have the consolidation of uh, wealth and property and the ability to acquire property, which is what Pret will bring in here in terms of their ability to, you know, pay large rents because they're backed up by an international conglomerate. So I, I really don't think that's the case at all. And it really does come down to what we teach people about what success is. So, you know, if you leave a university and you have a business that delivers for a small number of people, that shouldn't be any less of a success than somebody who has a chain of 100. To me, it could be more of a success, actually. 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us here in the programme today. We're asking, do the likes of the large coffee chains, um, restaurant chains, do they help or hinder the high streets across the country? Claire is on the line as, uh, as well today. Claire, what point did you want to make on this? Hey, Andrew. Um, yeah, hi, as I said online, um, my husband is a baker, very skilled baker, and he'd be one of the people producing stuff for Cross. Okay. And uh, we're both Dubliners, and yeah, it's heartbreaking at times to see Dublin looking like every other city in the world, but this is what people want. Um, it'll be hand-produced. It's not It's not made by machines, not mass-produced or anything like that. All the the company who has the franchise are Irish. I won't name them at the moment. All the staff are Irish. The wages have been paid to Irish people. They were closed during COVID. We're very, very glad and grateful for the work and for the income. Mm. The footfall will be from Irish people. The rates are huge and they will be paid to local councils wherever press will be located. So that's that's the other side of it. You know, I mean, aesthetically speaking, we don't want to see chains all over the place, but we need them. our three children, now adults, all went through college and they financed themselves by all working for different foreign chains. Some food, another was a, retail, was a drapery store. That's the reality. And my husband did have his own business at one stage and I can tell you, he didn't get any breaks. It was really, really hard and the biggest competition he reached was from an Irish supermarket. Right. Which made it impossible for him to trade in the area. So aesthetically speaking, yeah, I can see the point, bread and roses and all that, but we need to eat if you pardon the pun, you know. Yeah. Well, you're the, and like, uh, it's a really interesting point, Claire, and I'm, I'm glad, you you know, you, you joined us and got in touch with us about this today because that is the other side of it. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the yeah. milk to run the coffee shop, you know, the, uh, exactly. the, the, yeah, the materials mm-hmm. being brought in, the bread, everything, the ingredients for the sandwiches, it all has to come mm-hmm. locally. Yeah, and it's all from... As I said, all the staff are Irish, so all um, living here in Ireland, paying their taxes here in Ireland, raising families, putting their money back into the Irish Exchequer. And, you know, it, it, it all helps, it all goes mm. into the pot at the end of the day. 
And another thing, I would rather go into Dublin or any city and see a press or a pennies or even a McDonald's open for business and being used rather than a derelict closed up building. Yeah, it's a fair it's a fair point. Abs- abs- because, absolutely. Uh, which which is better looking there, you know? Um, um, the the bakery business you you mentioned your your husband was in it. Um, it's a tough business, Claire. Very tough, and yeah. very tough for artisan bakers. He's an artisan baker. Uh, his name is Pat, by the way. Pat the baker. Pat the baker. Pat the baker. So um, it is a very very tough business, and and because of Ukraine now, and all the price of wheat is going up, and all that, and all that stuff comes from England. That's another thing. All our products comes from our products comes from overseas. Ireland doesn't produce wheat for mills. Um, it's really, really hard. It's very unsocial hours. It's hard work, mm. and there's still people willing to do it. And as you know, the hospitality industry is suffering at the moment. But uh, you know, you go into any farmers market, for example, and you will not get a cup of coffee and a homemade coffee slice for under a fiver. Now, if you're buying one for yourself and your partner, you have a few kids with you. Know it's 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 really competitive, and it's very hard to produce good food cheaply. Yeah. So. Um, Owen is on the line as well, Claire. Um, Owen, what's your view on this today? Do you think the large chains do? Do they help or hinder the streets? Or? Yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, I saw the tweet there from um, Simon Tweedy, from Simon Tooney yesterday, and I mean, he, he points out that the government celebrates companies like this setting up in Ireland. But I mean, I think it's not just that they they um, they don't just celebrate it; they they create the conditions for this to happen. And I don't think it's really about kind of Pratt and Marge per se. No. It's kind of, you but know, the, the same wider conversation issues that, was had about Starbucks yeah. so many years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like the wider issue is that we have a tax haven model. That means that the red carpet gets rolled out for massive corporations. And obviously when it comes to food, hospitality, so on, you see small independent businesses getting squeezed out by the bigger fish. But you also see the effect as well on on, uh, on workers and poor people when you see big investment funds hoovering up all the housing, jacking up rents and so on. It's the same kind of system and policy that creates all of this. And I think the net result of it is a city, I suppose, in a country where ordinary people who, are live, who live here are really struggling, not just because of the soaring cost of living, but also because their own kind of cultural spaces and, and so on and artistic spaces are being are being gobbled up like by, by the same kind of... With the same pressures of kind of, uh, you know, massive kind of uh, investors and that kind of thing, big when, corporations that people can't compete with. When you look, Owen, we'll say at the streets of, um, you know, the streets around Dublin, whether it be Dawson Street, Grafton Street, O'Connell Street, you know, any of the streets even around uh, any of the, the, the larger cities in the country, do they all look the same or is there a level of uniqueness to them? Um, I don't. I mean, I think you've got a kind of a like the, the, things are kind of constantly in in flux, really. Because I mean, you see, um, uh, you, because I think I, I think you can see various different kind of international chains coming in, but you also see kind of small, smaller businesses kind of making a go at it and often not lasting. And it's kind of, I mean, the, I think the general trend is towards the homogenization, to be honest, but. Um, uh, you, you know, uh, it needn't be like that. I suppose. Um, I, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I think. Like, but, but ultimately, if we're going to kind of book that trend, I think there needs to be a change in kind of the general, uh, the general policy and a shift really towards uh, prioritizing kind of ordinary workers and people who are struggling. Um, you know, and that as well, I think, will have a knock-on effect on on smaller businesses that they can compete against bigger. Uh, the bigger kind of chains, yeah. Thomas is with us too. Thomas, what's your view? 
Hi, Andrea. How yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting one to to look at because, again, you see companies like Press coming into Ireland. You know, we're a small country. Chains don't traditionally do as well here as people fear at the start. Again, the prime example of that being Starbucks. Starbucks is here since, I believe, 2005. In the last five years, they've actually closed approximately 15% of their, their, chain, their stores. I think they've closed 10 stores in Ireland, and we've never seen more than any more independent coffee companies in Ireland. So, you know, we do have a fear when they come in first, but very rarely these large chains take over. And in Ireland, we have a huge, huge interest in food provenance, where our food comes from, and that's why locals local stores tend to win out in the end. Some will, some are there for convenience. Some of the bigger chains are more convenient and they win, but it's rare you see them really take off in Ireland. Like, that is a fair point though, Daniel, isn't it? I mean, we've never had as many independent retailers, coffee retailers around Ireland. Uh, is that true? That, like, I think we, it's easy just to divert from large multinationals, but, you know, when you walk through a city and you see Tesco Express, Boots, fast food chains, Starbucks, Predamanche, I think to somehow say, I don't have the facts and that. Facts and figures are out there for the chains. And like like the previous caller said, these are, these are it's fine to say like workers are paid properly and they should be and they are and we have legislation for that. And at Bang Bang, we pay, you know, above living wage and hopefully that's the case with other outlets. But the reality is the bulk of the finance goes to large conglomerates who are based outside of the country who use tax systems to avoid paying the real amount of tax. So, there was a figure a couple of years ago for Starbucks, I think it was €30,000. They used complicated schemes to take advantage of a system. And that's the, that's the main issue. We have an environment that, that you know, kind okay. of celebrates do this you, and rewards it. Do, do you just, Daniel, on the point that was been made by, by Owen and Thomas there a little earlier, like the coffee business and working as an independent retailer, do you feel squeezed or, or how is business? Like Bang Bang is a, it's sure it's a, it's a like it's a very busy cafe in Fibsborough. Yeah, Fibsborough's lucky we don't have a chain in Fibsborough. You know, and like I said, I think there's seven independent coffee shops in Fitzroy. So, um, brilliant. And there isn't one here, and I hope one doesn't arrive, you know. But I think that, you know, these stores open, and I saw lots of articles by media, let's say, and all press opening here. I don't think they should be celebrated, and I think they are celebrated. And, um, you know, the homogenization of a streetscape or the consolidation of ownership, which is what it is, because you have multiple, multiple outlets owned by individuals and then licensed from the multinational. That that model can't be good for any society, whether okay. that's Society in Dublin or in London. Uh, 1800 453 106 if you want to get in touch with us today. Um, this texter says these chains take personality out of a town. For instance, look at Wexford, gorgeous town, and it has fabulous individual stop shops and stores right across the streets. Uh, keep the messages coming into us. We'll come back to this a little bit later. We're asking today, do the large chains, well, I suppose in particular we're talking about coffee chains today actually, do they help or hinder the high streets in the cities across the country? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.